Welcome to Hindsight Hacking. I'm Corey Carter. And I'm Ron Cool, and you are listening to Hindsight Hacking, where we have talked to hundreds of entrepreneurs hacking their hindsight to give you clearer foresight. And now, as we still bring you the same great, amazing interviews each and every week, we are adding bits and pieces to serve you in such a great way. These bits and pieces are some mindset hacks, visibility hacks, traffic hacks, and more on the daily hacks. So we want to make sure that you have all the tools and all the resources that you need to gain more visibility and gain more traffic. And obviously, to get more sales. So head over to gethhhm.com forward slash toolbox to grab your free resources to get the help you need to get more. And if you're interested, after you collect all those freebies, because they're amazing, hit the link in the show notes and jump on our calendar because we definitely want to help you. Guys, we absolutely love the community that we've created with your guys' help, and we love all the hindsight hackers. So jump on in and get on our calendar. So without further ado, what do you say? Let's get to it. All right, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Hindsight Hacking. And today we are talking about how to architect your life with the one, the only, Mr. Jeff Venn. And, you know, I'm just looking at his website and I got to read this. I normally don't like reading, but I got to read this because it's so good. And it says, if you go to jeffvenn.com, you can see this. Many people will tell you where to go, what to do and how to live, but there's a higher path and calling inside of you that only you can unearth. It's time to stop living by other people's scripts and expectations for your life and have your own awakening. Again, I hate reading stuff on these episodes when I introduce people, but Jeff, that was just too good to not mention. So if for anybody that hasn't met Jeff, hasn't found Jeff, you can find him. He is the founder creator of Create Web Studios. He's a former Converge community for young entrepreneurs, former semi-pro surfer. So we got to dissect that a little bit. Professional musician, fluent in Spanish, and so much more. Jeff, oh my gosh, I am super stoked to have you here, my friend. Thank you so much. Glad to be here, Corey and Ron. Yeah, we are super excited. Well, we've talked to you a couple times now, so uh, I feel we we know you a little bit, but I, I definitely going to talk. I want to ask a couple questions, but before I do, why don't you uh, take a moment and let the audience know a little bit more about you? For sure. So uh, if you're like me, you may have grown up, you know, you go to middle school, high school, college, and you just get pulled along on the script. And, you know, people don't really like it when you rock the boat right they don't like it when you think outside perhaps the religion that you were given or hey if your parents want you to get a finance degree yet you're a flaming creative and so there's always these tensions there so you know my parents were pretty cool they're retired professors and i took that typical route here in jacksonville beach florida we have beautiful university of north florida and you know had a pretty decent life uh got a computer science degree minored in graphic design and immediately because you know it is pretty easy to get a job got a job at the municipality here in town so think you know water electric wastewater and you know it was a pretty dreamy job in one sense right when is electricity ever going to go out of business and believe it or not at that time they had a pension program so for those of you that don't know what a pension is you work there for like 30 years and you get 80 percent of your salary for life no matter what so everybody's pretty stoked on it i was pretty stoked but uh, just picture a, a, a old civil service building downtown. There's 2,000 employees. I'm in a 200-person IT department, and 
you know, the drive to work every day, 45 minutes in, you know, beautiful spring weather would come. I'm a big time surfer and you got to surf when the waves are good yet. I have to drive all the way downtown. So even though there was a lot of good things going on and I quickly like rose in the leadership team and really enjoyed the people I work with. I just remember having this moment where I was sitting with the leadership team in one of those old civil service boardrooms with a dark wood paneling. And once again, love the people I work with, but remember looking across the table to a fellow colleague, Richard. And Richard was probably eight years out of retirement, cool guy, innovative, but I was like, I was like five years in, I was like, I gotta spend another 25 years here. And like this guy made just a marginally amount more money, right? Cause that's how it is in civil service and corporate. And my soul was just, you know, dying. So I kept making that drive, right? 40 minutes one way, park in the parking garage, go all the way down, cross the road, go up 13 floors. But at the time web design, this is 2005, was really starting to come along and I was like there's got to be a better way and I took a pretty big risk I had a, a wife and one kid at the time and I was like the sole breadwinner but you know I hatched a little moonlighting plan to do websites and you know set a little hourly goal and after six months I just cut that ripcord and, and fearfully yet you know kind of ignorantly and young took the plunge and that's how you know 16 years ago now in 2005 create studios the web and digital marketing agency started Oh my gosh. There's so much that I can relate to. So uh, when I was in high school, I was accepted to the Walt Disney school of drawing. All I wanted to do was draw and do computer graphics. My parents wanted me to do business computing. So I went to school for business computing. Right. (laughs) And and then now it's all about graphics. So uh, it's kind of a cool little roundabout, but I want to talk because I've always wanted to ask this. And I don't know any other surfers, so you get you get the question. Is it really cool or creepy or scary when you're going down the is it a barrel? Oh yeah, the tunnel it makes yeah, the, when the wave the, like crests the tunnel? itself. Have, have you done that? Like is it big enough in Florida to do those, or do you have to go to like Big Sur or those places like that? Yeah, so Florida has barrels as they call it so tubes or barrels right because think of like a little pipeline that you could walk in a pipe yeah florida has them sometimes um but that is the most exhilarating part and believe it or not it's not uh scary it's pretty exhilarating it's really fast and the water's moving and it all happens in a second so you you kind of tighten up and get in a crouching position and you feel the wave like sucking up off the bottom and the little tube's actually a safe place to be right because it's just spinning like a cylinder so if you fall you just get kind of like tumbled whereas you know if you get hit by the lip or you fall right in front of the wave you can really get smashed up so, yeah you tighten up in there you're going fast the water's all blue the sun might be shining through and yeah you, you peek up in there and half the time, you know, travel along in the tunnel and you get this beautiful vision. You'll get like kind of cramped and collapsed. But when you come out to this day, that's like the highest moment in surfing. It's kind of the hole in one. Oh my gosh. That's love so it. cool. That's so love cool. it. So, you know, it's funny. So for anybody listening right now, Jeff was, he was moving, he was crouching. He, yeah, he was. Doing all three, <laughs> so you missed it. You, if you can't, can't watch this live. So I apologize, but uh, all right, Jeff. So you made the leap after six months, you pulled the ripcord and, and now you run your business and, and what it says, what I'm, I'm looking at, it says in less than 40 hours a week. So tell us, like, how did you balance? How do you got, Talk to me. how Talk do you got me. all that stuff? Because yeah, <laughs> yeah well, so, <laughs> and this really gets into the, the heart of what we can unpack here. And, and that's the word like life architecture, right? Like architecting your life. Cause life is so much more than work. And 
I've always been of the mindset as much as I love websites and online marketing, like I don't need more than eight hours of them in a day. So yeah, I was able to build the business, never working more than 40 hours uh, when it was really busy. Cause I, I started out doing freaking everything, right? Every sale I actually coded the websites at the time. And then I slowly fired myself from things I had mastered or things that just kept me from moving forward. And a lot of it was out of pain. And then there was a whole set of activities. I'm sure if you're like me, you can relate. You perhaps aren't a CPA by nature, right? So that stuff gets off the plate. But yeah, I never worked in more than 40. And um, I've gotten it down with a good leadership team to, you know, it can run in eight hours per week. I used to wake up just driven by my emails, which wasn't a bad thing, but that's where all the activity happened. I get that last gas checking in the day. And I was pretty disciplined about like not working outside of hours. Cause the moment you respond to someone at 9 a.m. or 6 a.m., like you've set the precedent, right? But yeah, I remember that anxiety I'd get uh, with email. And now like I can go all day without checking my email or it's things that I'm drawing in versus uh, getting pushed at me. So yeah, I figured out how to get the business to run without my day-to-day -day involvement. And that's been going on for about three or four years, but that that was a big thing. That's, that's huge because I, I'm exactly that person. And Corey is probably like, yeah, that's wrong. Like if it's an email and it's before hours, I'm, I'm going to answer it. Right. Cause it's, it's just what I do, but I was always that time he needs he to does. Stop. He yells at me. Well, but I've always been that guy where like, I, I'm going to date myself. Like when pagers first came out, like if I got a page, I must have to call that back immediately. Right. Like it must be that important. Uh, and, and you're just transferring the importance of your time to somebody else. Right. And even though I understand that I haven't been able to break that I've gotten better, but I haven't been able to break that. So for someone like me, what would you say? So here's the deal. If, you know, just say you're working with 10 clients, like one or two are going to be outrageous and one or two, you're never going to be able to get to respond to you. Right. And the rest are in the middle, but you know, it's impossible to work at volume if you're kind of living on other people's time. And, uh, uh, I find it's this, a lot of things in work aren't a crisis, right? So that email that came in at 7 PM or, you know, came in at 6.30, doesn't demand an immediate answer. And when I'm working with a lot of people, I can't give that much attention to everybody. Once again, it's not a crisis. So when I set up good boundaries or, you know, if it's kind of a more urgent email, you know, I get back within a few hours, that's chill. Or uh, I have a scheduling tool, right? So there's a boomerang email. Boomerang is a plugin for Gmail. And I can literally write an email and have it go out at 8.02 a.m. in the morning or something like that. So I would so you actually get it done and you feel better, but it doesn't go to them. Well, here's the other deal too, though. And talking, <laughs> yeah, talking about that wheel of life, seriously, like being on with the business all the time is, is kind of draining, you know? It's kind of yeah. like some rattling noise. And as much as we like the business, it's like business is not life. It's just one of the pies in life. And lastly, once again, a lot of the work we do is, is truly not urgent, right? So keep it within the working hours and turn it off. And people fully respect those boundaries. Of course, there's exceptions and some stuff is urgent, but man, out of the hundred transactions that happen, most don't need immediate attention. So that's what I learned, just having that mindset. And then lastly, it's unsustainable. Let's say I was working with 30 clients and I have three or four bad apples. Well, guess who's going to drive my day and get all the attention? Those three or four people. And they may not even be the people that are worth giving that attention. They might've been the cheaper project or like less on the totem pole. So it's not that I won't respond to him. It's just that I don't want to be their little slave. Like I hate that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I love that, Jeff. And it, it's, it's so funny trying to find the balance and, and, you know, in the first couple of years, right. Like, I mean, Ron and I, we started building stuff and we went beyond the six months before we pulled the ripcord 
Uh, we went, we went a little longer than that, but then once we did, right, like now we're all in and all of a sudden, uh, doing, doing a lot more and putting a lot more time in and we're like, ah, we got to find that balance. We got to hire the right people, uh, to, to help us find that balance. So walk us through after that first year, like, what was the first point when you're like, okay, I'm, I'm bringing a person on for this to help me. Right. Because again, you said you did a whole lot of stuff. Uh, at that point, at, at what point were you hiring and bringing on those team members to help that balance? For sure. Um, yeah. So it worked like this for me. So I started out literally doing everything. So every sale, every invoice sent some, some stuff did pretty sloppily. I'm sure if we want later, we can get into cash flow and collecting money and all that. Cause that's like the hardest part. Right. But, uh, I'll just give you an example. The first thing I let go, um, so I would design the websites, I would code the websites, I'd host them and support them. And so coding a website at that time maybe took 30 or 40 hours. So let's just say I needed three or four websites a month to make a good living. Let's just say I landed three. Well, three times three is like 90 hours right there, you know? Um, and that would eat up a lot of time. So that would just cramp me down. And at some point it became unsatisfying to code the websites. And things like coding are pretty easy to outsource, right? So that was the first thing I kind of outsourced. And um, I had a pretty good system. I just, I figure this, it's so easy to find a coder, a graphic designer, a virtual assistant, but it's hard to find people that follow up and communicate well. So once I, I did a real tricky thing and we do this in the job interviews until today, say we're hiring like a web developer, we'll post a detailed, you know, maybe one or two page description and smack dab in the middle, we'll put, hey, to be considered for this position, pop quiz, please respond to, to the answer of what is the answer to the math equation 15 plus two, right? And if I don't see like 17 at the top or 15 plus two equals 17, I don't want to talk to you, right? Because it's like first date. If you can't, like, you're going to like code a website and like have a hundred million changes yet in a pop quiz and an application, you can't even read it and do 15 plus two. So that would take like, say, 85 candidates on Fiverr, wherever, and narrow them down to five or six. And then I'd always do a trial project, right? And so I was really big on like the follow-up. And I, I wasn't unreasonable with people. It was just like, if you say you're going to like put in 10 hours and get this thing done and have this banner ready in the morning, then I expect it, right? And if you slip that once or twice, let's talk because things come up, but don't let me know last minute. So uh, the first people I hired were the coders. Coding is pretty concrete and I did them overseas, right? So I could afford it, right? Some stuff you can send overseas, some stuff like account management, no success in doing that. So I slowly fired myself. So wrapping that discussion up, coding is like the first big block of time I removed. And imagine, right? Three websites, 30 hours each, 90 hours. Imagine now I only have to put in 10 hours on a website, or I might find someone that brings some cool things to the table or collabs or go does a little research. And now I can sell something a little better in the websites. And I've just gotten back perhaps not 90 hours of time, but a solid 60 or 70 hours at a time. So did I lose a little money perhaps, but you can always adjust prices. Now you can deliver your product better. You can go sell more. So that's um, uh, one example of it. I'll let you guys respond. But the second thing, I think account management eats up the most time for people, but that's how I got like the first big thing off my plate and, you know, felt all the better for it. And, and then lastly, I would run into good people. So I had one guy stay with me for like nine years and it was like hand in glove. It worked fine every day. Nice. Nice. Yeah. That was, that's kind of where we are now where this, this is how I explained it to Corey. I go, if we just replace ourselves in everything we do, we can instantly double our client intake. Right. Cause now we're completely available again. And then we do it again. Right. And I don't even know if that's the right way to do it. 
but but I know there's certain things I don't want to do. And I'm I'm starting to understand there's a need that I need someone to do X, Y, and Z for me because I don't have time to do it. Right. And and for us, my wife and I, we just went on vacation. And you know, our word of the year is intentional, right? And living intentionally. And I, I said something while we were out. I was like, you know, we we focus on saving and and being responsible, which is phenomenal. That's what you're supposed to do is be responsible. But if you're too responsible and you're not having fun, you've saved and saved and saved, and then you die and you did nothing. You gotta have fun along the way, right? Yeah, so, for sure. Yeah. So I love the design your life, firing yourself. And, and you actually started with things that you held close to yourself that you were doing to replace you instead of adding like another service and bringing them on for that. And then you added that later. Is that right? Yeah, for sure. So I had a pretty good vision for like the websites and the online marketing and I know an inside and out. So yeah. And in, in the beginning, I obviously was an expert at everything because I did it just like you guys can produce a, a podcast front to back, make the graphics do everything. So yeah, I did have that level of expertise. Nice. Nice. I All would right. say this though, I want to jump in and I want to say account management eats up a lot of time too. Right. Yeah. And it causes a lot of stress. And so account management is good. Right. Uh, we, we need project management for every job we bring on, but let's say we're working on 10 jobs. Like I, the day I found like a junior account manager person to help. So I could be more the visionary on the job or come in at the harder meetings and have people scuttle around and do the 22 website changes or, you know, kind of get this next design comp assigned out. Granted they were us based and it cost a little more money, but that brought a host of freedom into my life because if you're dealing with customers every day, uh, you know, you don't have time to like work on your own marketing or dream big or when you do, it's just kind of limited. Like you said, Ron, you, you have some stuff you want to do and you can't get to it. So account management is a big one. And the way I did that was just hiring junior people and kind of figuring that out finally to the place in the business where we kind of knew what we wanted. And we have some senior level people that you have junior under them now and it's gone really well. So getting account management off as a business owner, or at least just being on a strategic level with accounts um, is a huge time saver. And at that point, you're free to do marketing, to do sales, you know, to take a break and things. And you're not tied down by the day-to-day, -day. that email at eight, though, crap, we don't have the thing ready tomorrow, right? Because there's other right. people, they want to get paid and do that. Just like I loved it at one point. So yeah, that's the account management, getting that off the plate in some way, shape or form, or at least a junior level person's a huge step that people can make. So do you have like a, so for example, we have 50 clients. Do you have one person per client or do they handle a couple or does one person handle all of those or how, how, how do, yeah, you, do so, you set yours up? Yes. Yeah, so the setup's pretty simple in the sense that we have like the website build outs and the website support. So like handling the actual websites themselves is one department. And then the other department's more diverse. It's online marketing. So it might have like social media calendars. It might have SEO. It might have paid ads. So uh, we have one leader over the websites and online marketing. They have uh, a junior person and the coder and designer. And then on the other side, uh, each person has their expertise. So the person that does social handles all the social, the person that does paid ads handles all the paid ads. But I find it's pretty organic. You can figure out how much a person can handle just by how much you can handle. And then lastly, you have to listen to the team. Um, websites can be... Uh, 
the online marketing is very consistent. We know how many social posts we're doing. We know the ads spend the ads, but the websites can be up and down. We can have like, you know, four going on or 10 going on support can blow through the roof for all the websites we've done or not. So that one gets a little stressful. So like getting a junior person in there was super key. So I kind of find that, you know, as you hire the account managers, you know how much you can take on and you can kind of feed them stuff and get them to like, I don't know. I try to like, just since when people are starting to get burned out or say we have a giant influx of work, that's when, you know, you got to take action because people can and do burnout. And I've, I've done that before. I've, I've thought they're fine or just like loading them up, not in a bad way. And, you know, they, they want to do their best. Right. And then they'll come a month or two later and be like, man, I'm drowning here. And I'm like, why didn't you tell me? But you know, they're trying to do their best. Love it. Love it. Yeah. It's, it's so funny uh, that we're, we're chatting right now because Ron and I were in that position of, basically following the steps, right? Like we've got, we've got a couple people on the team and, uh, but, but yeah, we just did an org chart and we're like, okay, we need 12 people. We have two, we need 12. <laughs> we, we need to, we need to maximize what we're doing and get back to being able to be the visionary, right? Like get back to being able to, to, to go forward in a, in a big way. And, uh, and, and so then, you know, I look at, I look at your site, uh, createwebstudios.com and you have this agency that does a lot, right? And, and Ron and I, I, I know we kind of do a lot as well. And, and everybody's like, you got to niche down. You got to just focus on just web designer. You got to just focus on just podcasting or whatever it is. Uh, and so it's nice to see your company actually do a bunch of stuff because A, you probably hired people to help you and execute, but B, you, you probably enjoyed doing a lot of stuff at first, right? So walk us through, like you've got copywriting, video, photography, social media, tracking, digital, Facebook ads, Google ads, uh, website hosting, custom web design, right? Branding, like you've got a whole array of stuff. And that's kind of where Ron and I have found our company at. And, and, and again, we're like, people want us to niche down further. And we're like, gosh, I don't know, can we? Like we, we enjoy this stuff. So how, how do you have that, such a big amount of stuff there? Yeah, so that's like a, a half a dozen one way, six to other kind of thing. So I would say most creative agencies do like a lot of different things. Ours is all digital, if you'll notice for that. And then two, some stuff is entirely outsourced. Like we don't have photographer in-house, videographer in-house, honestly, like true copywriter don't have in-house. And then some of the services like branding, we don't get that much of, but in doing the website, we'll get like a small law firm or a financial planner, some business that does logistics that's been around forever and they'll want a brand refresh and they'll be like, hey, can you work on the logo? Can you work on this, that, and other? And we have good design skills, so we'll pick it up. So I would say certain core services we do really well. Like you guys can produce the heck out of podcasts real well and are probably pretty good at social media. Are you the most epic you know, graphic makers for your social posts? Probably not. Can you do the best music intros? Probably not. Do you actually transcribe stuff yourself? Probably not, but those are all... Uh, hub services off, you know, producing a podcast. So we're kind of the same way. Our core service, like designing beautiful websites, hosting those websites, supporting them, like helping them convert more, that's a vertical. And then we have some great capabilities, like with the social media and doing SEO in-house, right? Because when you do the websites, you can SEO them. And then the certain stuff we outsource, believe it or not, there's a agency and I love the guy to death uh, here in town that runs all our paid ads. We have such a tight partnership that uh, about this time last year, actually, to the to the calendar year, he handles all our paid ads. We got a great uh, structure, and no one questions whether it's sound marketing or create studios when we come to the table because we come together. So once again, keep the core services you do really well in house. Do those well, like you'd probably never just like 
outsource like the podcasting and the setup and the quality of that, like out, out to somewhere, but other things, you know, you do. So that's kind of how we've done it all with that said, like, yeah, everybody says good niche, 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 but, um, we may explore that in the future, but for now it's served us to do what we are. And there's, there's things you see expanded like video and photography and copywriting. We're just birthed out of a need when people are like, we're doing the website and they're like, Hey, do you do this? And we're kind of like, Oh crap. You know, we need a copywriter. Right. So now we have someone lined up. So when that opportunity comes, we don't say no and we make a little more money. So that's how, that's how that's worked out. Nice. Nice. No, the copywriter thing. That's, that's a different story in itself that we'll have to have you back on. I'm sure. But I wanted to get back to your, your, what, what is it called? The life, life architecture, life architecture. And before we, you know, kind of start wrapping, I want to talk like a couple tips on what you can, as listening today, what you can kind of put into play tomorrow to help you architect your life. For sure. So I'm a big believer in like morning rituals and routine and then taking care of the physical body. And so for morning rituals, I think we got to get a little philosophic and, and a little dreamy. So um, there's a couple of things I do. One is uh, free journaling, right? So if you, you can type your journals, I had an iPad pencil, some people recommend handwriting, but to really just get out there and, and dump everything out. And I went through this exercise, you can Google it called the morning pages. And you're supposed to write three pages front to back, just stream of conscience. So if you do it for like, say, 14 days straight, at first you'll wake up and you'll be like, I don't know how to journal. It's hot today. You know, literally I have to go to the bathroom. But then you'll be like, man, I've been thinking about my kid's birthday party and this, that and the other. Or, man, I've always dreamed of doing this and didn't want to. Or things that are holding back, because a lot of times things are blocks, right? We haven't put them into words. We haven't like got them on paper. They're just abstract things in their head. So I love some form of journaling and then some kind of spiritual practice. Uh, I, I love meditation because meditation comes without all the dogmas. So I don't wake up like a guru in the morning, but I do love to stretch and I'll definitely get on that Headspace app. I find it's the simplest and do like 10 to 15 minutes of meditation or if I remember I'll do that. So waking up in the morning, getting that journal out, getting some free time to think, uh, if you got a busy mind, try meditating 10 minutes a week, go through the little 10 day free thing on Headspace. And then lastly, some stretching. And that always puts me in a good mind space. And I don't know, I feel like I've connected with myself a little bit. So that's one pillar of what I like to do. I don't know if you guys have routines like that, or you just go up and get at it. No, I like you're speaking to me right now. Uh, I have been, I mean, really for the last year, pushing a, a morning routine and, and, and trying to tweak and, and improve it. And, and so like my whole thing now, and this has been, you know, since, since December where I've really gotten good at this and that's basically 30 minutes of, of exercise and then a little bit of stretching and a little bit of meditation. And I'm on like 102 days straight on the meditation and I use insight timer to kind of track and get different guided ones. And, and again, I started at three minutes then five minutes and, and now it's on average of 10 minutes and it's like a 10 minute day before coffee, before anything, like I don't even let Ron call me. Uh, he might text me and I might answer, you know, before 8am, but I really push back on and making sure like my morning routine from the 5am until 8am gets the right time with the family, gets the right time with the meditation and the workout. And, uh, and so I love that. But, uh, but one, one final question for me, Jeff, it, it, you know, our show hindsight hacking, we got to, we got to, 
hack into your hindsight a little bit uh, to help our audience get clearer foresight. So if you could go back time before you truly understood how to architect your life, before you truly had figured out that you're not going to go work for that pension, uh, you know, what, what are some things you wish you would have known sooner to get, you know, to skip the five years, right? Like what, what do you, what are some things you can uh, partake on, on uh, some of that knowledge for our audience? So my, my biggest uh, thing I would do over for sure is this. There's a myriad of like coaching programs or one-to-one or just getting someone in your corner. I don't care who they are. And I don't mean you sign up to like this thousand person Facebook group, but literally get in a mastermind group. So we're talking small groups, six or less and pay for and get a mentor. Right. And I don't mean you know, your wise uncle, but literally someone in that field, someone who's done what you want to do. And that's reap dividends because going out on your own and figuring all this stuff out, it was, it was, and to some degree still is at times a lonely, lonely road. And, you know, I think everything happens in due time when we're ready, but I've been at the 16 years and until four or five years ago, it, it was kind of like up and down and rocky. And so if I had a mentor, if I had a community to run with, uh, so much better. So that'd be my recommendation. Get a mentor, get a coach, pay for it. It's going to cost money, but I promise you the money you pay will just reap dividends um, and what you'll be able to accomplish and how you'll feel when you're going about this hard work at times, right? Because a lot of change and uh, learning coming from pain and in painful times. So it's nice to have someone that's like, hey, you got this or like running the race with you and helping you course correct. No, I love that. You're either going to, you're going to either pay some money to do it or you're going to pay in another way not to do it. So either way you're paying. So just, yeah. It. And I paid in misery essentially, <laughs> right? Cause I just get right. stuck in these stop patterns for years when there was a better way to do it. Exactly. So I know there's people listening that are, that are like, Oh my gosh, he's speaking my language. I need to connect with him. Where is the best way for our listeners to find you? Sure. So just go to my personal site. Cause it links out to the agency and the mentoring stuff I do with the millennials. So that's jeffvin.com. It's like that Venn diagram. There's little circles we learn about in math class. So jeffvin.com and uh, hit me on uh, social media. I'm active on there on LinkedIn and Facebook links are there. Awesome, Jeff. And it's been a pleasure. Uh, we definitely, we, we didn't get enough time. I feel to to dive into so many things uh, and and see how you are helping the millennials, how you are helping uh, with your, uh, I think it's converged, right? Like there's so many mm-hmm. so many things that we need to dive into. So maybe next time we'll, we'll get you back if you're willing. And uh, definitely been a blast to have you though. For sure. Thanks, Corey. Thanks, Ron. Thanks, Jeff. All right. Thanks so much. Oh boy. Oh boy. Okay. All right, Ron. Well, you know, we just finished another hour, another good interview, another great guest. So I assume you were taking notes and you might have a couple takeaways for our audience. What do you got? Yeah, I got, I got, I got a bunch. Like I, You're I only allowed two. So, you know, you got <laughs> yeah, to so, we'll pare it down. Yeah. So I'm going to go, I'm going to probably take yours on one of them, right? No, right. you're not allowed. I'm gonna it better I'm not t- be about the morning. It's gonna be about the morning because <laughs> I, I I suck at the morning routines. And, and look, I find every single excuse on the planet not to have a morning routine because of the kids or whatever. But I, I've slowly started habits in the morning, right? And starting to do some habit stacking. So you have to start somewhere. So pick something and start your routine, right? And and work on yourself. Have that commitment to you to start those morning things, right? The other thing that we talked about right at the end was 
finding a mastermind or finding a mentor that's done what you've done and had some success in it to help you collapse time to help you become more successful quicker. And not, it's, it's less about the success. It's more about having someone understanding what you're going through. You, if you go ask your mom or like my mom thinks I'm playing video games all day. Like, let's just be honest. I have computers in front of me all day and she doesn't get it. Right. But other people that have been through it and that had some success, they're going to know some of the struggles because they've been through that and they can help you get through it quicker. Yeah, absolutely. And you took both the ones I was, I was actually yeah, going for. That's it, my job. So that's my job. Over there. Thank you. Uh, but but one extra one I had just in case uh, you stole mine was if you're, when you start a business, when you start a company, you typically will have a vision for what you want it to look like. You typically will have a vision for what you want your day-to-day to look like, right? But then you get clients or you, you have services or products that you're providing. And next thing you know, that day is no longer in your vision. You're so tunneled visioned that you lose sight, right? And so the key is to getting back to that point, to have to be the visionary that you should be as the CEO or founder of your business is to find the right people to help, find the right people to outsource and find the right people that you can pay according to what you're making, right? Don't go top dollar at first. Find find somebody that's junior. Find somebody that can be an account manager. Find somebody that you can outsource across the globe or wherever that makes sense to be responsible financially, but still takes the mind share away uh, that allows you to be the, the visionary that you're supposed to be when you started your business. So uh, that's my my takeaway since Ron kept stealing stealing them from me. So everyone, thanks so much for listening. Thanks so much for being here. And uh, definitely, if you're not in our Facebook group, what are you waiting for? Head on over facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash profits with. Yep, guys. And thanks for being the best part of the Hindsight Hackers community. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you had as much fun as I did. And you know what? If you're not already a member of our Facebook group, what are you waiting for? Head on over facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash profits with guys we are super excited to have you be a part of our community and help you get more visible get more traffic and get more sales that's right ron and every time someone is in our group we get to share all the tips the tricks and everything that you can get profits with from your summits your challenges your workshops your podcasts your vodcasts and so much more Guys, thanks for being the best part of the Hindsight Hack.